everybody. Welcome to Brief Hasak, a Mandalorian podcast. My name is Cork. My name is Marika. And I'm Brett. All right. And we're here today, I guess, with, with this nonsense we decided on last episode that we were going to do. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, Cork realized there are similarities, I guess, which we will get into from the myth of Cincinnatus that we had at least been taught as children in Cincinnati, Ohio. So we think there's some similarities with them. So I basically wrote a research paper on Cincinnatus and I'm going to weave that to the two of them as they can chime in with how it is similar to Star Wars or yeah, just in in general. All right. So I guess before we actually get into the history paper, you guys, Cork or Brett, do either of you want to explain like what you guys know about Cincinnatus or like how would you sum up who he is and what like the legend of Cincinnatus? Uh, I mean, we took like a whole day or two about him back when I was in high school when I took Latin, but um, yeah, just legendary dad. Okay. So you knew about the kids? Yeah. Okay. See, I don't remember that part of the myth. I never learned about him having kids. Yeah. Well, I remember the first time I talked about it was my, um, I probably remember because I was really attracted to my eighth grade history teacher. Okay. Uh, Mr. Klosterman. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So he would, though, he would go off on tangents. We were talking about Rome and stuff. And so we started talking about Cincinnati. So I remember the story really well. Of the whole point was that, like, you know, he was brought to be the dictator. And then they basically offered him power. And he basically said, no, nah, I'm good. I want to go back to my farm. That's pretty much what, all I really knew about. That. Okay. I feel like I didn't even know he was a dictator. I always thought he was an emperor or, like, a former emperor or something. It was, like, given. No, I knew how still to... when, they, when they called them dictators. Okay. And the dictator's role was just, like, to... Like, like take over during times of war. Yeah, I will yeah. get into that. Okay, so so Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus, I will now be calling Cincinnatus from now on because there are a lot of Roman names in this. Um, <laughs> so he was born in 518 BCE in what was then the Roman Kingdom. And um, that would only last for about another 10 years until it was overthrown in 509 BCE. And then it started as the Roman Republic. So uh, his family was from a lesser, Jesus Christ, I meant to look up how all of these were pronounced, but I had to write this twice because my computer crashed. Is it patricians and plebeians? Do you, are they, is that, that is, right? Plebeians, yeah. Okay, anyway, so he was born to a lesser patrician clan, but he was from a relatively wealthy family. It's not much about his early life. Basically, all I was able to find is that Cincinnati means the curly hair. So. Mm, okay, that's interesting. So the actual story of Cincinnati begins in 462 BCE, so he's in his like late 50s, early 60s. Um, and there had been an ongoing conflict between the wealthy, powerful patrician class and the lesser plebeian class who wanted reforms uh, to be put in place on the patrician's authority. And to also be better at gaming. You know, like people say plebs. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Again, and... yeah, you are correct. It means plebeian. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, uh, because Cincinnati might be dim, this is where his son comes in. So, uh, okay, it's probably C-A-E-S-O. C-A-E-S-O? C-A-E-S-O? I think so. That's Sounds about right. Okay, because yeah. it was either that or queso, and I didn't want to call him queso the entire time. So, okay, so we go with queso. Queso and Grover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, so, uh, oh my god, what did we just decide? Say so. Say so. I was going to say kid. Was one of the most violent offenders on the patrician side of the conflict. And mostly what he did is he organized gangs that would push back the plebeians and stop them from assembling in the Roman Forum. So, you know, not the greatest, it seems. So in 461 BC, a gang, we're just going to call him Marcus, testified that during one of these violent altercations that um, Say so uh, knocked down his brother, who I always saw in every as quote feeble from sickness end quote <laughs> and then that guy died 
So okay. this is where all the kind of accounts I found start to differ of what actually happened. So oh no, I'll explain a little bit more on this later. But before this, I do want to say like going straight from the beginning of this whole mm -hmm. everything we're talking about here. You said he's like around 50 and he's like kind of prominent, but not like super wealthy. Yes. I feel like I could kind of see that with, I mean, obviously Jen's supposed to be a little, but I mean, while he isn't not prominent, he's also not like no one, like people know about him. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's kind of, yeah. At least like the bounty hunter. If we're talking about the outer rim being Rome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. <laughs> so, so after this Marcus guy accuses um, Seiso of killing his brother, he either uh, flees to Tuscany and then drops out of the narrative completely, or he is arrested and Cincinnatus pays a very large bail to get him out, which leads to Cincinnatus falling on financial hardship, which he has in the future. And then sometimes in that version, uh, Seiso is then killed in a Pobian revolt. But I brought this up because there's a lot of debate around like the story of Cincinnati. He was definitely a real person, but by the latter part of the Roman Republic, he was already like a legendary figure and a yeah. symbol of like virtue in public service. Yeah. So some of the accounts have kind of been like editorialized. Yeah, or dramatized because yeah. they were a story within Rome. So yeah. like that's how long this is. Because one of the earliest accounts I found of him was written by um, a Roman historian named Livy, who was born in either 64 or 59 BC. So like hundreds of years after yeah. um, Cincinnati's death. And in his account, uh, Seso isn't mention, mentioned at all. At one point, Cincinnatus meets with his sons in Rome, but the sons are not given names. And it's also debated if the large bell was a real thing or not. So if that was added to say why Cincinnatus was on hard times, or maybe he just, you know, had fallen on hardship or something. Yeah. So. yeah. But if we're going with the legend there, I mean, I kind of like that. For yes, it, it adds that like, yes, he already, he's already such a great like symbol of virtue that of course he like gave up his livelihood basically to save his son. Yeah. yeah. He either then fled to Tuscany. Or so he gave to up his livelihood to save his son. Oh, yeah. Yes. Goodness. The ways of getting exploited. <laughs> well, I wasn't even going to say that. I was oh, going to yeah. say the very beginning. Where he gives up Going the against the guild. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so going back to the story. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Brett, this is crack treated seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You need to get with it. I'm on board. <laughs> You're rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so in uh, 640 BC, uh, the Roman consul um, Pobius Valerius Papacola was. Uh, <laughs> look, it is it is P O P I L I Cola Papacola. Okay, he's, he's not. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, he was killed in the Pobian revolt, and then in the accounts when uh, Caesar was killed, it's also in this revolt. That okay, he was killed, and then to a place, <laughs> Papacola, um, Cincinnatus was named as his replacement, and he did like an okay job of stopping the rebellion, and so then he quit and went back to his modest farm on the banks of the Tiber. Yeah. So while all of this is also going on, the Romans are at war with the, oh god, I should have looked up these pronunciations. A-E-Q-U-I? Alqui? Alqui. Okay. So while all this is going we're on- We're just gonna say, Brett, we're gonna put all the blame on Brett for this. <laughs> he should at least have some amount of pronunciation because he learned <laughs> Latin. Pronunciation. Pronunciation. Well, Damn it! <laughs> Drink every time I say that word wrong on this fucking podcast. Because it is actually very phonetic. So. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes that, you know, makes it almost more difficult. That you're not wrong. <laughs> okay, so all this was going on, the Romans were at war with the Alquai, who were an uh, Italic tribe that lived in the Apennine Mountains in modern freedom from Roman rule. Uh, in, in 459 BCE, they had occupied a city called Tusculum, and then um, the people of that city, with the help of a Roman army, were able to push them out of the city, and then they signed a truce. But the next year, they broke that truce and attacked Tusculum again, and this, uh, this time they had allied with an army of Seben, spelt like Sabine, who started moving against the Romans near uh, Mount Agadalus, and this whole thing is called the Battle of Agadalus. So, so they kept like making truces and rebreaking them. Is that what you were kind of saying? Yes, altering, <laughs> altering the truce. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this fits with. I'm, I mean, this fits with Mandalorian shit. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing, I, uh, yeah. 
yeah. You know, this whole going, especially if we talk about Sabine. Yeah. And yeah. that whole thing with building truces with different clans and fighting and then refighting each other and making new truces and refighting. <laughs> yes. So that, yeah. So, so the seven, they were an, uh, a Talek uh, tribe that lived in the Apennine Mountains before the founding of Rome. But once Rome was founded, there was a split. So the populations that were closer to the city moved into the city and kind of assimilated and created like a Latinized version of seven culture. But there was a second population that remained in the mountains and was fighting for their independence from Rome, which felt very the Death Watch split. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> that. last episode. We I was like, that is sub so Death Watch. And even you could say, and the Wrens were involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I found that, I was like, oh, this might actually, like, this might be based on Sabine. Okay. <laughs> At least it sounded very Mandalorian. It did so. sound very, I mean, yeah, no, for sure. One culture wants to kind of assimilate and move forward and the other wants to keep in their own ways. Yeah. And go to the more hostile environment. Yeah. That was very, you know, how they um, exiled the Death Watch people. Yeah. All right. Okay. So because... Hey, what if we... <laughs> What if we stumbled upon this totally accidentally, and this is like actually the truth? Yeah, there, there's there's one writer and like there's a man in the white house who's like, oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I said if I ever get to meet, you mean John Favreau's living room? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if I ever meet John Favreau, that's what I'm asking him. Was then based on Cincinnati. Okay. So um, because the Aquai and the Seven are um, attacking Tuscala, uh, the Romans send two armies. Um, one is led by Natal. Um, I'm just shorting these names. I have like six names, but so um, Natatus was the one was supposed to go into the um, Alpine land, and then the one led by uh, Minasius was going to go attack the forces by the mountain. But the Aquarius surrounded uh, their camp and laid siege. But five dudes and their horses were able to escape. They make it back to Rome to tell the Senate what was happening, and this, the other guy is just kind of doesn't know what to do and is just hanging out and panicking, I guess, because he's not really <laughs> mentioned what he's doing. He just did not know how to proceed because the other army was like. God. Yeah. So the Senate decides that they're going to name Cincinnatus the dictator, which uh, was a position, it was a six month position that could be used in times of emergency. Mm-hmm. Basically, just like an emergency, yeah, yeah. emergency leader. Yeah. Uh, so, kind of- yeah, this I do remember when I first learned the myth. Yeah. I, I think I had just like forgotten this part. <laughs> so, you know, actually, I think I only learned, I may have only learned about Cincinnatus in American history. Yeah. Really? Did you do that one weird period where there was like specific Cincinnati or higher history? Because we did that after <laughs> we took the AP test. <laughs> well, yes, that too. But that wasn't the first time i think i think it was like a side note in one of the like in our textbook about like the society of cincinnati oh yes that was i that was founded i think in france in like the 1700s yeah and then it was like a huge a lot of the founding fathers were part of it yeah because there's and then george washington was called like the cincinnati of america yeah yeah yeah. so i think that might have actually been america yeah but yeah okay yeah because i remember hearing about that (laughs) so the group of senators hang out to head out to cincinnati's farm to inform him that he's now in charge of everything uh and according to the legend they find him plowing his field which is why mm-hmm. like you know the statue downtown he has a plow yeah. um so but because you know everything is dramatic and gay they won't tell him why they're there because he isn't properly dressed so he <laughs> it's like go put on your fucking armor yes yes so they he yells to his uh wife priscilla uh to get his senatorial robes and after he has those on they are then able to tell him that he has been named the dictator and they escort him to rome was he like straight up naked plowing his field no i think he was like Wearing like a more, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sure, but still. <laughs> yeah, Roman society is very prim and proper. Like, if you were to appear before the Senate, you have to wear, like, I think it was basically either almost all white or some form of purple. Yeah, it was a white toga that yeah. his wife had to go get. Also, that is the only time his wife has ever mentioned she's <laughs> fetching a garment. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's never mentioned again. So yeah, so then he's escorted to Rome by these senators, and in Livy's account, he is met by his three sons in Rome. Sons don't have names, yep. so one of those could be Queso, but we don't have <laughs> So sad, sorry. <laughs> okay. So once they're there, Cincinnatus appoints his second in command, which is called the Master of the Horse. And I was confused as fuck for a while I was doing this research, trying to figure out why this horse guy was so important. But it's literally his lieutenant is what is called the Master of the Horse. But I was just like, why does everyone care so much who was in control of the horses? So, anyways, so Cincinnatus uh, puts out an order to all the Roman men who can fight um, that they should give it um, five days of food and 12 um, bali, which are these holes that you can make protective walls out of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cincinnatus uh, and the army get uh, to the mountain at night. They're able to sing, uh, signal to Menasius' army that they have arrived. Uh, then he has his troops build a wall around the Alpi camp. The Alpi attack them, but they eventually push back to where Menasius' um, army is. And then by morning, the wall is completed and Cincinnatus um, has his army attack. So with the Romans coming at them from both sides, they uh, they surrender. And then um, Cincinnatus lets all but the leaders go. His troops loot the camp. And then once they get back to Rome, um, resigns and the Okwai commander is paraded through the streets as part of Cincinnati's victory. So I feel like most of the time in the story it is told like as soon as he is done with the fighting he stops being the dictator and goes back to his farm. That is true but not yet because he does one other thing with his power as dictator and that is he charged uh, Marcus, the guy who accused his son of killing his brother, with perjury. So Cincinnati presides presides over uh, his trial and he is forced into exile. And then after that he returns to his farm which is 16 days after he was named dictator. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of mostly it. He tried to run for a governmental position in 450 BCE, but was unsuccessful. He might have been the dictator again in 439 uh, to stop some political conspiracy. There's like very little factual evidence about that. And it seems like that just kind of has been completely debunked as it might've kind of been added, kind of the editorializing of it. Um, And so then he dies in 430 BCE at the age of 89. And then he became kind of a legend within Rome for being, um, being granted total power either once or twice or twice and then getting it out as soon as he yeah that took much less time to read that than I thought it was going to I know that's uh, always how it is when I write these I know how it is I know exactly yeah I mean it's definitely interesting yeah because we have a lot of vague because I think definitely especially in America and like what we learned is part of it is the whole ideal of Cincinnati if anyone did even outside of Cincinnati really learn anything about it there's also a Cincinnati New York so there is a Cincinnati and there was now Cincinnato in Italian and there are a couple of neighborhoods in Italy that are called Cincinnato. But I mean like what we like learned the whole point of it was it's was supposed to you know it was the story of like this man who at hero. least as far as I remember they came. Hero. Well yeah, he, yeah but he was just a normal guy who came from almost nothing yeah. and then like was put into this power was incredibly smart and strategic about it able to end the conflict quickly unite the people and then go back to his Yeah and then gave family. it up as soon as he was able to. And that's what I think is really I mean clearly we kind of deep dived into this myth which it is a pretty vague not really defined myth it's so old but like I think a lot of that is what I think we're seeing in Din what is gonna happen yeah I mean he defeated Moff Gideon and got you know basically dictatorial powers but almost completely by accident and all he wanted to do was protect his son and then his son was put in exile and he was separated from his son and now he's left to unify the clans together Hmm. so that case is Luke like the courts of Rome or something he's the Roman (laughs) justice system (laughs) yeah Luke 
he's the council. He's all that's left of the Jedi uh, Council. Sure. <laughs> yeah. None of the other Jedi want any part of the structure. Yeah, none of the other, what, four? Yeah, I think it's four right now. Because it's Ezra, Ezra, Cal, C, or... Is Cal even... Cal is scared Confirmed of... alive, though, I mean, at oh, this at point. Oh, at this point, good point. He yeah. isn't confirmed dead, so all the yeah. fans, we all just kind of assume I know. he's just old. Same age as dead. Yeah, he'd be about the same age as... Which is why he should have been the one! <laughs> but whatever. No, I mean, yeah. what do you think of it? I, I mean, it does line up weirdly similar. I mean, we already we always knew and knew that the the Mandalorians were like Spartans, which would make sense that a lot of even from what we know about Cisnas and what happened to him, it kind of makes sense that a lot of the, the they drag a lot of culture from the Romans as well as not just the Spartans themselves for like kind of making up their history and all that. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm pretty sure that the first helmets. I mean, if we look, especially if we look at the armor's helmet, it looks like Achilles' helmet. Yeah, yeah, um, almost exactly like Achilles helmet yeah that like so yeah definitely there's always been this greek roman connection between yeah. the mandalorians and also the name true <laughs> and also i remember i was talking to you about this because they could have done like what i was thinking is like if we were saying that they were doing cincinnatus this is, the, is a, some basis of this idea we've decided on mm-hmm. and they wanted to name him sin because they basically named him Din. Yeah. it's so close but sin is actually a mandoa word yeah that means like pure and clean <laughs> that could have you on the nose yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of why I was like, well, maybe they're just like, well, well it's... one letter down. We'll name him again. Yeah, and I mean, maybe not. Maybe that's the people who Yeah. But I don't know. It's strange. The fact that he's now ended up as pretty much a reluctant leader. Yeah. Who probably would give up his power as quickly as he could if Bo would let him. Yeah, he would definitely. He literally tried to <laughs> run away. <laughs> he's like, I don't fucking want this responsibility. He's going to charge charge Luke with Harjuri and then go back to Navarro. He charges Luke with kidnapping. Like, you gave me your child. You took him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess do we have anything else to kind of say about this? I mean, as you said, Cork, this might just be a complete crack theory that we just stumbled upon and then... Honestly, though, I think that there's at least... I think there's... I mean, obviously, we fall into, like, the real history of it this time. But, like I said, the myth is, you know, these ideals. Maybe you heard about the son. Maybe you didn't. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, you knew he was a dad. Yeah. Um. That's also just because my Latin teacher liked to do the whole thing. Versus... But exactly. But some people knew that and some people didn't. But if you know the basics of the story. Yeah, just a guy who was given all the power, like, in Rome, and then was very virtuous, and then yes, he had a task, he completed the task, and then he gave up the power and went back to his farm. Which is then to a T. Yes. Um, if, in this case, the farm is the ashes of the Razor Crest. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say. <laughs> or he goes back to, uh, the farm from Serenity. Or Sanctuary. Sanctuary, sorry. Or you, yeah, you think she's gonna, he's gonna go live in the Crackle Barrel with Omira? <laughs> I'm just saying. That's yeah. what a lot of people want. A lot of people want more of it. Yeah. yeah. If, if, like, if it was only, like, if it was only a two season show that would be a great ending he goes back to the farm he'd be too sad <laughs> he'd be too sad those kids want oh, to have this too much with all those kids that would be like where's the baby he'd be so sad <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, I guess that's all we had. It ended up being a much shorter episode than I had expected. <laughs> but Yeah, um, I mean, fun little bonus, boy. Yeah, all right, so we'll see all of you next time. Bye. 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 If you would like to follow us on social media, we have Acrostic Pod on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. If you'd like to send us an email, we have Acrostic Podcast at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe on whatever podcasting app you prefer.
I'm just gonna talk about the dark saber and why it looks like it does. You did the dark saber last week. You should have been on the episode. Oh, yep. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, I yeah. Okay, let's let's we do. We'll start like an ending here, and then yeah. okay, I'm gonna be quiet for the scene. Okay, so. Probably could do better.